0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Foundation Phase series of the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Peter.
1: My name is Anu, and today we are going to talk about my first... Actually, hang on. Peter, is it possible to have two first loves?
0: I mean, there is a reason it's called first...
1: I don't know if it's my first or second love, but it's a dear one nonetheless. I've drawn it out long enough, y'all. It's the brain. More generally speaking, the nervous system, really. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Felix and Dr. Scherer, the co-directors of the Neurologic Block and Foundation Phase. Dr. Felix, Dr. Scherer, thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about who you are and what you do here at UNC. So I'm Anna Felix. I'm a neurologist here at UNC,
2: and I serve both as a co-director of this block and as an academic advisor. So some of you might know Cross College. And uh, I spend a significant amount of time seeing patients in the neurology clinic at Easttown. And uh, am delighted to be here today and also delighted to have my co-director here, Dr. Shearer.
3: Hello, everyone. I'm Kristen Shearer, and I am an assistant professor in cell biology and physiology. Uh, In addition to co-directing the neurologic block, I also teach in the dental school as well as the PA school, and I'm also helping a little bit with the foundation phase redesign. And thank you for having us both here today.
0: Thank you, and we are so excited to have you here today. Also, fair warning, now that we have a bunch of neuro nerds all together in one space, the puns and witty references are going to be flying everywhere. Just embrace it and let the dopamine do its thing. To get things started, in terms of picking through your collective neurons, the neurologic block is a pretty long one. Can you break down how the block is organized and what students should expect in terms of logistics?
2: Sure. Um, so I'll start, and I'll have Dr. Shira add to that. This is a very long block. It's one of the six-week blocks, like cardio. I'm sorry to bring that back, but yes, it is long. The six weeks are generally broken up into roughly two-week blocks. So if you think about the six weeks, week six is your exam week, going into a break. So that's the last week. The first two weeks are really the fundamentals all the neurophysiology, the neuroanatomy, trying to get the basics down on which everything else builds upon. Week uh, three is then a special senses week where we cover both ophthalmological, otolaryngological, and genetics content. And then the final two weeks are really clinical integration where we put everything together. Each of these sections is followed by a short test. So there's a midterm after the first two weeks, There's a midterm after special census, and then, of course, there's the final exam. And along the way, we have lots of opportunities to learn and make sure that your learning is up to speed. Dr. Shira, what would you add?
3: I think that's a pretty good description of the six weeks. The only thing I'll add is that we, uh, throughout the six weeks, we'll have various small group activities interwoven within. We'll have some modules, um, which will have practice tests associated with those at the end of each week. And um, also just to help um, keep you on track, we'll have weekly reviews for the exams, things like that.
1: So that sounds really structured. That sounds great. Going off the theme of length, how should students pace themselves through this block to keep up with a huge volume of material? Any advice on cultivating self-care and endurance in this particular marathon?
3: Absolutely. Um, So first I would say, you know, Keep up with us, stay on track, don't fall behind. I think when students fall behind, they tend to feel overwhelmed because the block does keep moving on and you really need to have that foundational knowledge so that you can then appreciate all the clinical um, disorders that we'll talk about, which of course is everybody's favorite aspect of it. Things get so interesting when you can get to that. Um, In terms of self-care, you know, self-care means different things to everyone. So find out what works for you and then try to make sure that it doesn't become a chore. You know, something that you enjoy. And it can be as little as five minutes a day. You know, research shows just mindfulness for five minutes a day, you know, has a huge impact on our mood and our progress and performance. But, you know, things like going for a walk, playing with your pet, taking a nice bath, you know, self-care can be even just small things. But make sure to stay on top of it because, as we all know, when we get busy, that's one of the things that's most easily let go. But we we also uh, have to keep on with our self-care throughout the block as well. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The only other folks who feel the six weeks are our
2: families who um, don't (laughs) see us very much for those six weeks. But I would echo everything Dr. Shearer just said. And I would add that self-care, as Dr. Shearer pointed out, takes lots of different uh, forms. One of the funnest things we do is we take little breaks between sessions, particularly the uh, lectures and the small groups, and we step away for a cup of coffee or you step away and take some questions. I would encourage students to ask questions in real time, make sure you understand the content. We are not here to overwhelm anyone. We understand it's a lot of material and we want to break it down. Some of the other reasons people get overwhelmed is that they review a lot of external sources and they follow Anki or some other uh, system and our block is not scheduled to follow that system. So it can be very easy to get overwhelmed if suddenly the Anki case is a case of complicated normal pressure hydrocephalus and we haven't covered the basic anatomy of the ventricles. So if you think about keeping up with the structure, I think you'll find that all the other external resources can do so as well for you.
0: Thank you. That was very helpful to hear. How is the content in the neurologic block different from that of our previous blocks? Uh, Should students take a different approach in terms of learning the material?
2: I'll get started and then I'll uh, ask Dr. Shearer to add, but It is different because we've never covered this before. However, this block is mindfully uh, placed after MSK and after cardio. And the reason is that a lot of the fundamental physiological principles and anatomical principles follow on those two blocks. So we will review some of that content in that very first week. And then the material is brand new. So if you've never done a neurobiology uh, undergrad course, this may be very challenging However, everybody should be ready to understand the fundamentals by the end of the six weeks. And we have data to show that this happens year after year, even though it doesn't seem that way at the beginning, as long as you take small bites. So it's really important that every day you take small bites of the material and try not to feel overwhelmed. Don't shoot, you know, to the end of the block and try and answer difficult questions. Take a step back and answer simple questions and you'll get there.
3: Yeah, and I would just like to add Uh, with regards to taking what kind of approaches to learning the material is, you know, start practicing day one. As I said, stay stay on track with us, don't jump ahead, don't fall behind, and then make sure that you practice. Um, throughout all of our lectures, we have um, interwoven some blank brain slides, for example, and we say test your knowledge. So we ask that you, you know, make sure that, you know, write on the blank brain and, and make sure that you're keeping up with your neuroanatomy, the neurophysiology. You'll see that you can use some of the materials from the small groups to then test your knowledge of the tracks and the various pathways. And, um... When we say practice, I'll get on my soapbox a little bit here. I don't mean just looking over the material because we oftentimes get stuck with familiarity. We convince ourselves we know something when we really don't. Practice meaning self-testing. Take a blank piece of paper, take a a blank diagram, write things out, you know, draw it over and over again. You know, you should know what you do not know. That's what I'll say. So self-testing is really key here.
1: All oh, very, very helpful. Um, and on the note of kind of fundamentals, as you all have been describing, the human nervous system is incredibly complex. And uh, we imagine it'll be important for us to understand certain fundamentals very well before progressing to the more advanced topics, as you've mentioned. What would you say these fundamentals are? And are they any different from the topics you would say are high yield on exams?
3: I would say the fundamentals would be the neuroanatomy and physiology. And, you know, our first exam, which is homegrown, test that material exclusively. So we consider it very high yield. Um, And then, as I said earlier, you know, you really have to understand these fundamentals to be able to appreciate the clinical disorders that then follow.
2: I agree. As a neurologist, our fundamentals are still physiology and anatomy. And without those, you can't really do much more. There's data actually to show that teaching integrated neuroscience requires having those fundamentals early on in the block so that the cases make sense. Having said that, we do integrate clinical cases from the very get-go. So week one has clinical cases trying to make sense and make this interesting. After all, we're all going to be physicians and physician scientists. So this is about humans and human nature. So we try very hard to integrate that content. But hopefully it'll be fun and interesting while we do that.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, you talked a little bit about third-party resources earlier, but how should students incorporate lectures and third-party resources into their studying for the assessment in this block? Because as students, we'll do that.
2: Of course, and um, and we encourage you to use all the resources that make sense to your learning style. Um, the block has over 40 faculty and staff. So I did the math a little bit. It's about five students to each one of those members of staff and faculty. So we've put a lot of work into breaking this up into small pieces. And I think whatever external resources you use, if you pace yourself similarly, that'll probably be the most beneficial to you. We have approximately 60, 60, six zero hours of lecture. Each of those has been reviewed and mindfully developed to align hundred percent with step one content. So if you want to use external resources, I think the best use of lecture time would be to make sure you understand the concepts covered in lecture. That's how you'll be able to do NBME style questions. The lectures are basic, they're fundamental, but they cover the core content. And we do offer NBME style questions throughout the block as as you'll find with other blocks. So that'll give you a chance to practice. Uh, The small group sessions will help you break this down. So small groups, again, are mindfully placed after certain content is delivered in lecture to make sure that you have a chance to review that content, understand it, draw it. And we've got lots of opportunities to draw and practice and do some more of that um, thinking work, so to speak. Dr. Shira, what do you think?
3: Well, I think I would just like to add that, you know, as Dr. Felix pointed out, our lectures are mindfully crafted based off of Step One material. We test what we teach. You know, I think using outside resources is good as long as you're benefiting from it. Um, just be careful not to get bogged down in unnecessary detail.
1: So, speaking of assessments, um, we saw in the schedule that we have one homegrown exam and one NBME exam before NBME final. How should students prepare differently for the homegrown versus NBME exams?
3: I guess my first uh, thought would be, I wouldn't study that much differently. I would prepare the same way for both exams. Yeah, I I would agree. I think there's been a lot of
2: discussion about the exams being different. The questions are different. And I think when we test material that we've taught, we're a little biased. We're obviously going to test you exactly on what we taught. We're not going to ask you questions we didn't cover. So for those students who don't like to go to lecture, for example... For that homegrown exam, you might want to at least look at it because the questions are not NBME questions. They're questions that Dr. Shearer and I, through the years, have crafted together with others. The NBME question exam is a little difficult because we pick those questions, so we make sure the content is aligned, but we did not um, design or write those questions, and they're all retired questions. So there's usually components of the question that could be done better. That's why they're retired. However, they help you practice the kind of thinking that helps you get better at those kinds of questions so you can then use those skills in step one. So I don't think you have to learn any differently. Uh, The content is there. The content's all the same. I would say that if you are not sure the content's being covered, definitely look over the lecture. You know, if you're using all outside resources, check the lectures because there may be content in there that you just missed or didn't cover.
0: Before we started our summer break, upperclassmen peers had warned us that neuro is a beast. In your experience, when does the fight or flight response start to kick in for students? In other words, where do you think students struggle the most or go astray in this block?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think um, it usually starts well. Um, this follows on the uh, brain, uh, the behavior course, which is a lovely course and most students do really well and it's short and you've just had a summer off. So most people come back feeling a little refreshed and feeling like they've got it somewhere along the first three weeks. I don't know if it aligns with a meeting or an email or something that happens. Step one becomes a reality and we can feel it as educators. We feel the tension when suddenly instead of focusing on the content at At hand, everybody's worried about step one and they're practicing questions from cardio. Um, that happened last year. I think my word of advice would be don't practice anything else during this block because there is no time for that. It is a beast. It's never been done before. This is not review. This is your first time reviewing the material. And so in order to be well prepared for step one, spend six weeks focused on this content, mastering this content, and then you'll be able to do it. Come step one and dedicated will be just that. If you try and divide your time and do other things during this block, I think that'll be a time you'll feel the stress and you'll feel
1: like you want to run away. On the flip side then, uh, what would you say is students' primary source of serotonin or glutamate? What do they enjoy the most in this block? Again,
3: I think Dr. Felix can probably speak most better to this one because uh, in my opinion, at least, I think students really enjoy the clinical aspect of the course. I mean, that's when things just really take a turn for the. the better, in my opinion, you know, when the cases start to get really interesting and intriguing. And then they get excited that they can use the fundamentals that they've learned. And they're like, I understand why that's doing what it's doing, you know. I, I would also add that in those first two weeks, we cover some
2: tracts and some basic uh, brain anatomy. And I have seen the light bulb go off during those sessions. So whether it's drawing tracts or doing a brain cutting session, watching students with a brain specimen going through basic anatomy they just learned in a classroom, that kind of moment and feeling the passion of somebody who donated this specimen and understanding that everything that is who we are is in that specimen is probably the most, it's one of the most uh, special moments of the block. And then putting it together as we think about disorders. Something I always enjoy is students will sometimes come share their story with us. Uh, Somebody last year shared their grandmother had a terrible tremor and had a a deep brain stimulator and their tremor got better. And I think sharing those experiences helps bring to life for other students and other colleagues um, how important the block is and makes it more alive and less of a thing you have to know for step one and more of a thing that we all need to know to take care of our patients no matter what we do in life.
3: Yeah. To piggyback a little bit off of what you said, the the brain lab is really cool because, you know, looking at 2D images on your laptop is one thing, but the second you come in and you see the brain, you realize it's not quite the size you thought it was, especially <laughs> the spinal cord. It's tiny, but, you know, we have these big images where we point things out and it's just totally not like that when you get to it in person. So the, the brain lab's really fun. And then, you know, as you also said, um, being able to have that aha experience, especially when we cover some type of uh, clinical case where you have had experience, whether it's your own personal experience or someone you know, you're know, like that, you know, that's what they had, that's what they're suffering with. And so then it really, it starts to drive it home when you can make things relatable. And so it's definitely fun anytime you can make something relatable. It, you know, not only does it um, make it more fun for you and more engaging, but it also helps you retain that content.
0: Well, on that note, um, tell us your favorite region or aspect of the brain slash the nervous system or a subject within neuroscience that really fascinates you.
3: I have many. Um, so I think for me, the the few things that I like the most are how organized it is. You'll see that everything is just perfectly mapped out and organized the way it should be um, with relation to the body. Um, w- within that, I love the visual system. It is just a very strange, complicated system that I've just always been intrigued by. My favorite brain region specifically, I'd say, would probably be the hippocampus because there's these sub-regions like um, the fusiform face area and the parahippocampal gyrus that uh, help, you know, help us identify faces specifically or faces specifically, which I have just always loved that we have a region of the brain specifically d- designed to to see faces or to know where we are in space. I love that. Um, You know,
2: I I... I I hesitate to answer because it's like a mother (laughs) being asked which is her favorite child. So I don't have a favorite region, but my favorite thing has to do with what I do for work, which is understanding the anatomy and the physiology and then listening to a patient tell me their story, examining the patient using the reflexes and the sensory exam and the strength exam and the cognitive exam, and then coming up with an answer even before you have any kind of testing. That to me is the best part of all of neuroscience is putting it together. And it turns out we can do that even in 2022. You don't always need a scan to figure out what's wrong with somebody. I know that's going to sound kind of like weird, Um, but it is the most fun part of neurology. And I will add that we now have lots of treatments for all these conditions so we can make people better. And um, that is truly the most fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait for us to start having our fun parts about neurology soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is really amazing. There's so much to love right within the neurosciences. So thank you for trying to answer a difficult question. Um, That's pretty much all the questions that we had on our end. But are there any other thoughts or insights that you all would like to share either about the block, being a med student, life in general?
3: Um, I would just say, you know, Try to have fun with the block. Keep it relatable. Try to figure out ways, you know, to incorporate it in your daily lives or, or to yeah, make it, yeah, relatable back to you. And then, of course, if you ever feel stuck or have questions, ask immediately. You know, don't let yourself feel too overwhelmed and fall behind. We are here. We have various um, instructors offering office hours a daily. But if there's ever a time where you need more help, always, always reach out. We are here for you.
2: Agreed. we we, we tend to be in the classroom every day. Um, And we tend to be available from 12 to 1 most days, uh, either us or somebody else, depending on what else we have to do. Um, We've crafted Zoom office hours this year so that students who don't choose to come to lecture are not in any way, um, you know, uh, disadvantaged. And we hope that will encourage people to grab your lunch, grab something to drink, join us on Zoom, ask us questions. We want to be able to help you. If you're afraid, if you're anxious, also good to come talk to us because sometimes you're afraid for a reason. um, But sometimes you actually know much more than you thought you did. And it's just a matter of sharing that experience and we can demystify it for you. We don't expect people to be neurologists at the end of this block. You simply need to know enough to pass step one. So just keep that in mind if you're really stressed out.
1: Thank you so much for that insight. Last little question, but could you all put a plug out for this Spotify playlist? That oh, you were my goodness. About?
2: Yes. yes. Dr. Sheeran, and I put together a Spotify playlist, some of our favorites. We also would invite students, if you have a does have to be a clean edition of a song that you're interested, we welcome you joining, uh, adding to that playlist. We, uh, we're very excited to share that. We did have some students who've already participated. So,
3: yes, it'll be called NeuroBlock 2022
2: find us on Spotify. (laughs)
1: That was awesome. I think that's a great way to end the episode. Dr. Felix and Dr. Scherer, thank you so much for giving us your time and wisdom today. We are very excited to receive your instruction and potentiate our neuronal synapses. To our listeners, that was Dr. Anna Felix and Dr. Christian Scherer and a little snapshot into the neurologic block for second year. My name is Anu.
0: And my name is Peter. Thank you for tuning in today and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel Prescription.